what do you get if you combine the influences of The Hobbit, Game of Thrones, Dragons, God of War, Battle of the Planets, or G-Force? Also, Jack Black. A tad bit of soft porn. You get what's currently streaming on Amazon Prime, The Legend of Vox Machina. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review a week, and I wear something brighter or darker or something in between. Uh, Adon wears the same shirt. This is technically a different one. It's just darker. Spoilers. Currently streaming on Amazon Prime is The Legend of Vox Machina. Two seasons already in. Mm -hmm. Third is coming. You saw this a while ago. I just pretty much finished watching it. You can't deny what I suggest in the melting pot that happened here. In our review of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, I asked you if Fox Machina was influenced or had D&D in there, right? Was that that right? Yeah. How so? The whole premise of Fox Machina is actually based on a D&D campaign. I thought originally it was like a Pathfinder. But I believe it's a D&D campaign that they did on Twitch. So all their stuff is like on Twitch. And like uh, you can actually find it probably on various sites. Just them playing at a tabletop. And they're role-playing these characters. So they mm-hmm. took the first season or their first campaign. That was the Vox Machina. And they just condensed it down. And from what I heard, it was crowdfunded for the show. Really? And then they got the funding and everything, and they pitched it to Amazon and gave it to Amazon. Oh, wow. I didn't know that at all. That's kind of cool. Yeah. really cool. I was watching it, and yeah, yeah, of course, you get the way that the time setting and all this stuff, you get the Lord of the Rings vibe to it. Willow from, again, Dungeons & Dragons, Full of Among Thieves, but of course, this came out before that movie came out. Third season is going to happen. Yeah. They also got the a, a, okay for another series of theirs. Called the oh, Mighty wow. Nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, Devil May Cry was a little yeah. influence there. As they go yeah. on, there they take from like they they incorporate their fandoms into the series. Well, yeah, because you can't help but think of God of War with that guy. What's his name again? I can't. Grog. Grog. A strong. What was it? Strong jaw. It's Grog for sure. The big guy with the tattoos. You know, he's bald headed. He gets a beard. I was like, wow. Yeah, he's a Goliath. Not, right, no, but I'm just saying, like, the way they take it you know, so much as the God of War. Well, the, um, there's also uh, a reason why he's so excited, because they don't usually have facial hair. Maybe hair on top, but they're usually bald, the Goliaths. So him having okay. a beard is like a big thing, too. But yes, yeah. you can't deny he looks very Kratos. Now, the voice acting was done very well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know... Any of them, in the sense of by voice, except for one. And that's from the late Lance Reddick. He was one of the dragons. You might recognize Matt Mercer. He did a couple of voices in the show. Like he was the, the voice of the old man that was selling the gunpowder and stuff like that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, and also... Because a lot of those performers I, I, actually do a no, lot of voice no, work but, uh, elsewhere. Uh, Henry Winkler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's in, in there, too. His, well, his voice is like... Holy recognizable mm-hmm. uh, you have ashley johnson who was the voice for ellie in last of us yes who we know her from growing pain she made a little small part in avengers uh, and mm-hmm. then again she was in the voice of last of us and she was the mother version in the live action version of last of us correct you have also gray griffin she's notorious not notorious, notorious is a bad word but she's a well-known voice actress 
we have Kelly Hugh. Her voice also. Oh my, I'm on. Jeez, I'm freaking now being a hypocrite that I didn't recognize it. I knew them. I recognize some <laughs> voices. I'm just forgetting now. Carrie Payton. Now you know him as the the king in Walking Dead. He was Aqualad, who became Aquaman in Young Justice. Yes. Gina Torres. She's from Firefly. Mm-hmm. You also have uh, Stephanie Beatrice. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You have Stephen Root, who is awesome. He's from Office Space. He's also had a small part in True Blood. Oh, True Blood. Cree Summer, notorious voice actress as well. She was also in A Different World. You also have Dominic Monaghan. He's from Lord of the Rings. He's one of the halflings. Yep. Halflings? Halffoots? He was a, a hobbit. He was a hobbit. They call him Halffoot. Bill Board. So there's like a kind of reunion for them. Also, you have Tony Hale. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, Arrested Development. He is a, also uh, does a lot of voice work. He was the Joker in the anime uh, movie of yes. Batman, that Japanese. And you have Fred Toscador. I can't say his name wrong, but he's known to be like the burly. He, played, he was the voice for the Hulk in the animated show. Hulk and his... Oh, uh, like, uh, Hulk's and the Agents of Smash. Oh, Chis Marin, Tony Plania. Jesus Christ. So many great voices. I mean, I didn't. I'm just look, re-looking now. I, I knew some Tracy Toms. Yeah, well, for the two wow. seasons, you have a lot of characters that come in and out, and so it gives opportunity for people to play roles. That's also one of the great things about the D and D format is because not everything has to be human to necessarily talk. And the dragons themselves talk, and like you mentioned. So, like, it just brings in a lot of people being able to do it. And I, and, and the show is extremely popular for their Twitch stream. So that I'm sure, I'm probably sure some of them already, like, were reaching out to them. Now, who was the Jack Black character? Scallon? Uh, yeah, Scallon. Um, he, he, uh, I call uh, him Jack Black because the way his, his persona is. Yeah. And he's a singer. He, you know, I want to say it's Sam Regal. Yes, that's who he is. Yeah. Uh, awesome. He was... Not the best, but man, he was. I I personally like the God of War character. He's one of my I favorites. Liked him. Yeah, I like I like Grog a lot. He was awesome in that way. But then you have Scallon, the kind of like the counterpart in that way. Mm-hmm. He's not big, muscular, but he uses you know his singing and his confidence because he's a whore. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I think he's pansexual, right? He's like whatever. He, like he's pretty whatever. much. Uh, I mean. He, he, yeah, you could pretty much say that he is. Uh, like, now, granted, I don't watch the stream show. I'm familiar with it, but like, I I am notoriously aware of Sam Regal's character. He is like the living embodiment of what it is to be a bard, which is what Chris Pine's character was in the uh, the D and D movie. But take mm-hmm. that to you know the twenty fifth power because he's just like really trying to be personal, really trying to get in with everybody's pants, and like believe like love is everything and all that jazz. But like they'll destroy some stuff that he needs to. This is part of your world. I am not. But for someone who's on that world, I was very entertained. Each character is compelling in his own way. Yep. You have the the brother and sister. Are they twins? They're twins. Vex and Vax. Oh, Vex no, and Vax. No. Yeah. I like his costume when he The Raven accepted. Queens? Yes. That's yeah. where it reminded me of Battle of the Planets. You're true. That aspect. Yeah. You know, the motion he did and the speed he went through and how when he's in taking flight, like how the cape opens, mm-hmm. or his cloak, if you will, and the way like his daggers disappear, yes, as if as if like they're shurikens. Because he'll throw right, and they'll after they hit yes. for a while, they'll disappear. 
and they reappear in his hands. That is an actual thing that can be done. Uh, so there's spells, but I just learned, I'm learning new classes. So there's an uh, artificial class, which is like a wizard mechanic is the best way I can describe it. So there's actually, they can infuse magic onto an item. And one of the things they can do is like make it so like if you throw an item, it can return back to your hand. Oh, like a boomerang. Yeah, but it just magically appears in your hand. Well, right. Right. Imagine having now, because you can throw your dagger and it comes back to your hand, you have unlimited daggers you can throw. That's why he kept, like, he keeps, he just throws it without abandon. Imagine, like, Bruce Lee with those throwing darts. Remember what we used to talk about yeah. Bruce Lee? Imagine he, yeah. he throws it and just keeps coming. Doesn't even need to get it close to combat. And then you have the sister, uh, Vex. I don't remember how she got that bloom. The shopkeep. Oh, okay. When the dragons first attacked. And she was pretty badass with the arrow, bow and arrow. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have everyone who has the that plays their part, just like in D and D. Krog, who is also very complex character, even though he's pretty much the brute of the of the team. Yeah, he's very complex, especially where he's given two weapons: first the sword, and then the, those gauntlets or gloves. Just to let you know, this is like kind of meta here, but that belt that gave him a beard. Oh actually, yeah, that's right. That's right. Actually, yeah. increased his strength too. But no one realizes so, it. <laughs> right, but I thought so also did the gloves, right? Yes, the gloves also add on to the strength too. But also his size, because he can grow with those with that gauntlet. Yes. Both seasons pretty much back to back. It's kinda hard to remember everything, but when he became thin That was season he, two. He had that freak out moment. Yeah, and he's like, uh was it he's like, I'm I'm small like uh who who which one of the teammates they quote he's like Percy? Yes, it's like, I'm smelling like Piercy. He's like, oh. Yeah, Piercy's the one that reminded me of Devil May Cry character. Yes. Uh, he's guns. very similar. He, I want to say, I'm not, I think he's the artificer because he does the inventing of things and contraptions. Okay, yeah. Since there's so many episodes watching both seasons, mm -hmm. can you remember a moment or episode that you liked? There's a few. So, like that episode, when you were talking about Grog being thin, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed for battle sequence uh, the wings fighting his uncle. Um, he kind of reminded me of a, a gray version of the Red Hulk. I, I can see that. I can see that. Did enjoy the uh, in the first season, like the episode where they had the uh, the shadows coming and attacking them in their new castle. And this is when we're all like starting to get knowing the characters and getting into them. Is that the one where the queen was actually the villain? That was the season. Mm -hmm. you know, where they had to go to um, Percy's hometown to free them, and it turned out they were like vampires and, and like necromancers. I like the moment where uh, Ashley Johnson's character, yeah, she Pike. Sh Pike comes back as in all glowing form. He's like, "You're glowing," <laughs> or "You're all shiny," yeah. and she's I like, "Yeah, I was trying to figure out her voice. I was like, who is that? I could. I was thinking. Sorry." Cut you off. No, you're I good. Was thinking, I was thinking who was the voice for that. Um, the girl from Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought it was. But I, I didn't do the research. I didn't find out. But go ahead. You were saying about uh, she's glowing. Yeah, no, I just liked that moment. Uh, I was actually pretty swept up into that little bit of an arc where they were trying to free their people. The opening the door. The opening the door was a hilarious moment where they're all trying to open the door and like, and no one could open the door. The, the guard opens the door for them and dumps the pail of like excrement or piss. I don't know. You don't remember that oh, moment. Of course, like, you know, over, <laughs> they're overthinking, I guess. Yeah. 
No, uh, I, 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 my friend told me what that was. So I had a friend who does watch the, the Critical Role. He said uh-huh. they were all trying to break through the store and they just kept failing their rolls of the dice. So even though they were skilled, they just, and that was like just, a, and oh. that's why it was a whole hilarious moment because they're like, I'll just climb through the window and then he falls down and it's all one thing after the other. Yeah. So for those who are never, played Dungeons and Dragons or anything of that nature where you where the dice actually control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher the number, the stronger you are or the more you'll be successful of that mission or what have you, the lower you'll fail. Exactly. And how, like how so, epically you'll fail. When you think about it, the entire story relatively was dictated by a roll of a dice for these two seasons. Huh? Yes, because these two seasons are literally taking the story of what they played out on the table and then just putting it on uh, and they drew it out. Really? Yeah, so their improv made seasons one and two. So I guess they had to they had to record it. Oh, they, they did. did. Yeah. They had to record it and then look it back and then make a show out of that. They had to. Oh, yeah. That's why it was uh, like uh, they were able to get crowdfunded because the fans seen the shows, they seen the seasons, they just wanted to see it animated, like put images to the imagination, which is trippy when you think about it that way. That like oh, yeah. this was mostly improv. At Mercer, the the game master, he came up with the general story. He like he knew where he wanted to go, but it's the characters themselves that brought him there. At Mercer is the trinket he played uh, Silas Yearwood. Craven mm-hmm. uh, Edge and I, um, Russell. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's over. So he played multiple characters. Mm-hmm. So he's. You're saying he's one of the creators. Yeah, he's the one that is the game master, dungeon master in real life for it. And they have like wow. books and stuff. Like he helped me. Do enjoy the side characters, like the uh, the one guy. I keep forgetting his name. Uh, the old man in the uh, arena. The like Grog. Tell me what gives you strength. Oh, yes. That, I, I, isn't that Terry Patton? Was that him? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Blade, but yes, that was a good one. He is a good voice. That was a good character. Apparently, in the actual stream, it was not just him and Grog. Like, there was moments where it was just him and Grog, but there was other moments where the other characters were there, and Grog was still getting stopped. It was hilarious. Oh, so they witnessed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. But that's no, kinda, I mean, that's they condensed like- it. Really, but that's kind of like also in Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, where the sorcerer, when he puts on the hat, he sees his ancestor or somebody, that old guy, and it's just them two. Well, I'm talking about in the, um, in comparison to to this the yeah. show, where Krog is in, in that guy is it wasn't his was it his memory or did it actually happen? It actually he got his ass whooped. It, it actually happened because they see him later on and he go they go what happened to you? Uh, nothing. Easy. Okay, okay. But um, yeah. that, that's an actual character that lives in that that particular town and village or city that they went to. All of Henry Winkler's parts, yeah, I think, is only two episodes, maybe a third. He was a small part in there. Mm-hmm. I I loved it because just his voice is so distinct. I was just happy to hear him in it and that he was involved in something like this. Oh yeah, showing that he's not egotistic. That he couldn't do a, a role like this. It was kind of cool. I mean, we saw him also in Black Adam. He did a small part. 
So when I see that, because he's always the fonts to me, do enjoy that. Hearing the late Lance Riddick's voice, awesome. Of course, yeah. when I watched this series, it was before he passed away. For me, is when Scallon saved the day. The favorite was when he takes down the dragon. Oh, uh, I thought you were thing. about to say when he goes in the dragon. No. <laughs> no. Right? He saved the day, right? He, he, like, he was scared. Like, he thought he couldn't do anything because he was the, yeah. on the lot of the Ritter. The Lunt of the Ritter, he didn't, and he was just a guy until then, pretty much all show. Mm -hmm. And when it was time to put up, he couldn't. And this time he did. Like he, he, I think, right, he snuck around, like he was just waiting his turn where the dragon's all distracted trying to kill everyone else. He was like able to take the sword, and I believe he used it against him, right? He stabbed him in the head or something like that? Well, he, am I right? He likes, am I wrong? He, no, you're, you're not wrong. I was also thinking of the moment where a shocker. He's like, we gotta get inside the dragon. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many great parts when, again, when Vex shows off his powers, his yeah. new powers. It was just mind-blowing in the sense of like, the speed and the accuracy and, and, and the weaponry that he had with that suit. And, and the, the creature or the or the I guess God that he gets her from. Uh, yeah, she is technically a god, the Raven. She's a cool character. The mask, just standing there, just saying everything and nothing at the same time. Is she's supposed nothing. to be like extremely mysterious character. We don't know what she's saying, but he does. Mm -hmm. Well, now on, on reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know if I've ever seen this for a, a show. Uh, for the critics, 100%. For the audience, 96%. And considering how long it's been out, that's very impressive. It only came out last year, you know, 2022, but still. Two seasons, yeah. But that's yeah, two just two seasons. years. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe another show close to that is Ted Lasso, you know, with how good that show is. Yeah. This is a really good show. This is worth the watch, in my opinion, definitely. I agree with both scores. I would probably watch it again in preparation for season three. I'm surprised and you didn't call out a Star Wars moment. Well, I'm, I bet there is. And then right now, I'm just like when he's out. facing himself in, uh, in, in the Trials of the Raven Queen. Ha! Ah. Yes! <laughs> to quote Star Wars, and here I go. Yes. You're right. It was like, oh my God, you're so right. Because that, that was to me, I was like, that's Luke looking at Luke or his father. Yeah, with <laughs> Dagobah, he mm -hmm. goes down and sees. Yes, you're to oh my god, I totally forgot. Like I said, I saw two seasons back to back, so my, my brain is like all oh, like mush and all that stuff. But yes, Harry Potter. If you argue about Star Wars, you can say that's also Harry Potter. As someone pointed out to us, that Harry Potter is nothing just but a Star Wars knockoff. Because uh, the, the show is definitely not necessarily for kids. It's got adult content oh. in it. Definitely true. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it could be edited down, but you wouldn't want to. I would suggest for any parent to maybe watch an episode or watch each episode prior to your kids that you feel that may be inappropriate. Yeah. I definitely think under 13 is, um, is inappropriate. Yes. I can't agree not, with that. But since we're not parents, you know, it's, it's their call. True. I do think, like, the character, the, what made the show good is the characters every performer brought the characters to life is is what i think and that's especially in animation you know we watch that and like you can tell if you're not doing a good job vocally to your performance for your character it just feels lacking combine that right. with the animation the animation i thought was really good yes the action scenes that he did for it very well um Story 
is captivating. Like, how many? It's like, is there seven of them? If you count yeah, the seven. bear. Eight. Oh, um, yeah, the bear. I totally forgot about the bear. Yeah. But seven or eight. So that's similar to like seven samurai. Um, yeah. This is seven. And Star Wars, again. And the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Did what we were talking about in our, uh, in our D&D video where it doesn't give you an exposition for everything that they do. Like, it, like, it just it assumes that you understand the world or you'll get to understand the world. They do have some exposition, though, in the sense of the characters, like some character development. So yeah. You understand a little bit more, like how the bear came to be. Well, I heard uh, that's what the two seasons are. They split it between all of them. Mm-hmm. So the first season was Percy, Pike, mostly focused on those two. Second season was on the re- the remaining five. And it deals with current topics, even though it's a period piece. True. A little weird with the incest topic. But it had to be done and it was and it was it was good in a way that like he is such a horn dog, Scallion. Mm-hmm. Such a horn dog that he doesn't know he's about to hit on his own daughter, right? His daughter, right? That was his daughter. Yeah, uh, in his defense they live a very long time. And <laughs> he doesn't even know that his daughter existed. I understand that, but that's kind of like Oedipus Rex. Yes, the Oedipus Rex complex, where the son sleeps with his mother, not knowing it was his mother. Mm-hmm. They, they don't. You know, for those who never seen the show, they don't. So just know, though, he's aware, and he's like, "Holy crap!" A uh, good question for you before we uh, end this up. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment that shocked you, like watching the episode that you're like, Yeah, oh. the, the incest. It's the incest. <laughs> well, no, the incest because of, you know, I, it caught me off guard. I didn't expect it. I don't think anybody uh, expected that. I didn't anticipate uh, Vax being killed in season two. That's how he got his armor. Oh, but he's not dead. No, no. Well, Vax, wait. Which, which oh, Vex. Well, she died. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. But but, the thing, but I think she died to to sacrifice for him, and then he sac- like he said, "I'll be your avatar." If you yeah, if you her. if you save her, but that was all because like they triggered a trap. I didn't anticipate the whole, um, whole dragon part in season one. It turned out to be one that got guard, um, the generals with Grog in that sword. Yes, it was a cursed sword. Right, it kind of reminded me of Lord of the Rings, where like, the ring. Yes, it talks mm-hmm. to him. I need blood. You gotta feed my hunger. And so, what else is like? There's something else like that. The weapon. Talks. Oh, that was season one. The the gun. No, no, no. I know that. I know. I know that. But what I'm saying like another story. Oh, that, like another popular story. Another story or movie or show that a sword. Is Harry Potter that? had like the the magical items, like there were Horcruxes to. No, but I'm saying like that that calls for people that that's like come to me. And and again, precious the ring. That's definitely one of them. But there has to be another one that uh, that's probably countless versions of it too uh, that are out there. Yeah. For those listening or watching, please uh, comment below or email us at tales of two bros at gmail.com to let us know what other movie that had similar of like a sword that called to people to have a bond and the holder was actually a servant for that sword. 
Was it the the dagger in the shadow? Remember the Alec Baldwin movie, The Shadow? Yeah, I never saw that movie. I saw clips of him. But I did like that where he liked the violence. He loved it, but he was also trying to fight it like a drug. Yeah. And that's what, oh, that's, there he goes. That's what it represents. That Sora, the hunger to feed me is like a person trying to get a fix. Yes. Like in drugs, mm-hmm. right? And he's almost like a recovering addict where he doesn't want to, but then... He does. He falls for it. He goes, you know, falls off the wagon. And then, but finally, when he sees how it hurts those he loves, Pike, yeah. that he was like, no, and he destroyed it. Uh, he was able to kick that habit. Exactly. Oh, wow, Angel, good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw the analogy there. So, yeah, like I said, there you go. Another example of how things are related even today, even though this is a fantasy and period piece. People can can relate one way or another here. Hopefully not the incest part. No. Okay. Anything else? No, no. I think we're good on that. I give the the show my seal of approval, both as far as a D&D fan, cartoon, anime fan, and in general. I second that, minus the being a D&D fan. (laughs) All right, guys. That is our series review of The Legend of Vox Machina, currently streaming on Amazon Prime. If you have a show or movie you would like us to review, please email us at talesoftwobros at gmail.com or leave a comment below. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm the Angel. I'm a Don. Love you, bro. Love you, too.